Welcome to episode 24 of Around the Outside, an IndyCar podcast. With your hosts, Chris and Ryan, as always. Coming at you once again with a way too long uh, break between episodes, as we say, uh, I think, every time we come on here. The past few episodes, we've said that. Yes, so... But that's going to change the next month or so. Because we are going to be getting busy with IndyCar. If you're an IndyCar fan, this uh, next two months is going to be spectacular for you. So Yes, it is. In this episode, um, we give our really quick review of Texas, since that's been like over a month ago. Yep. Um, but we talk about Texas and what we liked, what we didn't like. Uh, we get into the Grand Prix of Indianapolis. That we do. And the triple header, double header, whatever you want to call it, with NASCAR. After that, we got some news to talk about, uh, different things that have come out and uh, since we've last recorded. Yes, and, and included in that at the beginning of that segment is, is a listener question. Listener question from our dude Lance, who we love. We love Lance. Um, I actually hit him up today and said, are you going to the 500 in August? He said and yes. He said yes. So, Lance... We need to hook up pre-race and have a beer together and uh, go I'll from be there. drinking my Dye Mountain Dew. <laughs> you can, or you can drink some Fireball. Either one. Well, we'll so see. So we go into, uh, like we said, news and, and other things that have happened in, in the past month or so. And then we go to Road America. Love Road America. Yes. What we talk about with Road America the typical stuff got get into the schedule of the weekend get into predictions the most important things are predictions talk about a little bit of betting yes we talk about odds and what they are and where we stand on draft draft kings and just proud and excited that indycar is actually on draft kings that and indycar is back with with fans yes First weekend back with fans, uh, live from Road America. One of the first sports back with fans, yeah, I believe. it's going to be awesome. So, um, got a doubleheader this week, doubleheader next week at Iowa. Then we moved to mid-Ohio. Then we got the month of August, per se. That's weird to say. So, um, hope you enjoy this episode, episode 24. It's a good one. It's a good one. And, um, as always, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, ask us questions, tell everybody about us that you know that likes IndyCar, and uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Keep on listening. Here we go with episode 24 of Around the Outside in IndyCar Podcast. And welcome to Around the Outside, episode 24. Um, 24. It's been, uh, we, we, I don't know why we do this. We, we do this every single time. I know. Where we say, oh, it's been too long. It's been too long. But uh, we, we haven't even put one of these things out since Texas. Before Texas. So uh, we did a Texas preview. Mm-hmm. Um, episode 23 was our Texas preview. And then. Um, uh, we missed the Grand Prix. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It it's, just kind of slipped by. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. This whole year with COVID and, and um, you know, canceling all this stuff, I mean, it's just been crazy, so... Yes, it has. Um, we're going to get started right off the bat with... Um, we're going to real quickly... So, I mean, we're going to go... We're going to do our Texas re recap. 
Um, after a month. After a month. So everybody already knows what happened um, and everything else because there's, there's, you know, a few other IndyCar podcasts out there that are, that are that have probably, you know, got five or six episodes <laughs> since our last one. But, probably. Um, speaking of Texas, I do remember that I picked Scott Dixon to finish third mm-hmm. in my prediction. And he ended up winning the race. Um, I also had, I think, Rossi and um, I think I picked Graham Rahal. I know I had Rahal winning. I had, no, I had Will Power winning. I had Will Power no, winning. Power. Was it Rossi and Rossi Newgarden? And Newgarden. Something like that. But, anyways, your top three from Texas Scott Dixon. Simon Pagano, Joseph Newgard. And it was Scott Dixon in a not very close race. The guy giving him the cl- his closest competition was his teammate Felix Rosenquist, which I was really hoping he'd pull through for me because I threw down so I threw down a bet on him. Yes. And I was looking pretty good. Very nice that we can now bet on DraftKings. Correct. Um I think StubHub is doing it. Or not StubHub, but Fan FanDuel. 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 Yep. But it's very nice that we could just get on DraftKings and bet on It's easy. Um, Real quick, we'll talk about whatever that crap was that NASCAR put on the track from from the past. And to me, it kind of got downplayed. Um, But if you listen to the drivers after the fact, you listen to Connor Daly talk about it in his podcast, you, you just couldn't go up there. No. And that was evident. And you saw, yeah, you saw what happened when you decided to go up there. Yeah, like, it started out with uh, Takuma Sato in qualifying. Yeah, he decided to go high. He he took he a little bit, a little bit wider arc into the corner, and boom, misses the show. Doesn't even get to race. And then the Ed, the cheap little, not cheap, but the Ed Carpenter shot at the end of the race towards VK where Ed specifically told him not to go up high on the high or that stuff and VK during the race goes up went there. up on the stuff after he had crashed earlier in the day. Right. So he did a lot of damage that so, day. So And then, you know, of course you had uh, Felix Rosenquist which he kind of, he did, he was in a chase mode. He was trying to get around lap cars and he Which he was fast, man. He was looking good. He was looking real good and he goes up there on that crap and boom. Sure enough, spins out. Hits so. the wall. So let's give um, kudos to the IndyCar paddock for that was one hell of a day for them. Yeah, had practice in the morning, then straight into quals, and then straight into the race. Um, well, crazy for, day. First of all, the majority of them all caught a charter flight out of Indy at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Flew down to Texas, went to the race. It was hot as hell. It's always it hot outside. as hell in Texas, right? Hot as hell down there, and they go through this whole thing and um, end up getting back in, in Indy like at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's almost a 24-hour day for, for the crews and um, uh, all those guys. Yeah, and, and for sure. So That was crazy. Kudos, so, for, so, kudos yeah. to them. So hats off, sure. hats off to them. A couple things that kind of stuck out to me uh, and us during the race. Once again, our boy. Connor Daly takes that fifty-nine Carlin card towards the front. It's just, it's just unreal. The, Started towards the back, ended up right by his Ed Carpenter teammate yeah. with Ed Carpenter, his I mean, boss. The so. dude can just flat out get on it. Yeah, and um, you know, 
absolutely uh, astounding race for for Connor Daly, mm-hmm. um, and another excellent finish for that Carlin race. Multiple team. times he was told on his radio that he was the fastest car on track. Right, which, which you know, probably all of them were told that you know at one point in time probably. just to kind of boost up your driver. But but I think Connor was actually legitly. Yeah. But excellent drive, Connor Daly, um, goes without saying. Yeah. Another excellent drive. We talked about this earlier. Felix Rosenquist. Yeah, put on a show. It was absolutely it was unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, really good driver. Obviously, I was hoping he was winning, but well, you had some money on him. Well, that I'd like to see him win a race. Yeah, I think he's going to win a race this year. Um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see when we're going down. The other story that played out obviously was the heat. Mm-hmm. Um. With the new aero screen? The aero screen. So, I mean, this was obviously the first test for IndyCar with the aero screen. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't have picked uh, more. You're going to cover the gamut of stuff that's going to happen. It's an oval. It's... Um, transitions to night. You start day, transition to night. It's hot as hell. Mm-hmm. Um some of the things I heard about after the race, obviously the heat in the cockpit. Right. The air doesn't move in the cockpit. It kind of gets stagnant, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that they talked about was the debris that got into their helmet from the air hose. Right. Because there's no filter on the hose from the, the air hose inlet. Just, yeah, it's it just, just went straight into their helmet. So you've got dust and little particles of rubber that are coming off the tires mm-hmm. um that was a that was a, a pretty good complaint from the drivers about texas yeah but um, other than that i don't think it i mean i don't think it affects their basic driving too much like visibility wise i don't think it even transitioning into night that would have been a big concern for me with the glare but yeah um from what everyone heard it wasn't too bad kind of wild at the start you had uh rossi Ryan Hunter Ray and, and Graham, Graham Rahal, Rahal, all Hondas. Had issues getting started. Couldn't and, get started, which in the past, pre-COVID, those Honda engineers would have been on the grid with a laptop plugged in, and it was an easy fix. Mm-hmm. But because of social distancing, um, those guys weren't allowed on the grid. No, so... the. The crew had to do it themselves. Yeah, so it was pretty crazy. Pretty pretty, pretty crazy start to the race. You know, IndyCar hadn't been on track for almost know, 10 months yeah. maybe, uh, nine months. And the first time they're on track is a one-day show at Texas right. with a new aero screen. And it was interesting. I heard uh, Connor Daly talking on his podcast about the, the tear-offs. Mm-hmm. This was the first time we had to use the tear-offs, which was um, – pretty interesting he said that he got a new tear-off at every single pit stop right that he he requested a tear-off so he talked to alexander rossi after the race and rossi didn't use one rossi never took a tear-off off his car ever hmm. so it, it's it's either probably just it's either of where you're running at in the pack or maybe or driver preference driver preference maybe you don't need it you know Who knows? I mean? It's not like it takes too much time. It doesn't add any time to the pit stop. No, I don't think it does. Because that guy's over the wall with he's the rest of the He's done before guys. They're, everyone else Right, and he's just so. rip, rip, because it's two different pieces. Mm-hmm. Right, so you got rip, rip, boom, and he's over the he's over the wall again. So, But 
the biggest thing coming out of Texas mm-hmm. was you, you you just let Scott Dixon win the opening race of In the IndyCar fashion. season. In dominant fashion. Right? He's hooked up with his new engineer, Michael Cannon, who is he's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Typically um, had been with the younger drivers. Right. One of the best known engineers in IndyCar. And you pair him with And now he's paired with Scott Dixon. A five time champ. Woo. And they went out and showed uh, at Texas. And I said it at as soon as race started, I said the rest of the, the paddock is in trouble. Well and then that moves us into the next race of the year. Correct. Where once again So the problem here with and, and it's nobody's fault, it was COVID's fault was scheduling. Because we went from having Texas, which had to, no fans in the stands, so basically Roger Penske paid for that race. Correct. Okay, made some deal with with Eddie Gossage or mm-hmm. who, you know whoever. So he basically paid for that race. So you went from having Texas to having a month off. Yeah. Because we didn't have um, Richmond. Richmond or there was another one in there. I think Road America got pushed back. Road, yeah, it was it was supposed to be Road America and Richmond. Right. Richmond just got canned as a whole and right. obviously Road America is this coming weekend. Speaking of Richmond, I need to contact them because I have yet to, to get my money back on our tickets. Well, you need to do that because that so, race was last month. Um, I, I got on their website, requested my um requested my refund, so I I need to I need to look into that. But so because of uh, Corona and the different, you know, uh, cancellations and moving dates around, we went a month without having another race. Yep. And then lo and behold, they announce. Now that race has no fans either. That whole weekend. Right. But they move it to be the first ever doubleheader, tripleheader IndyCar NASCAR mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah. Same, same track, same, same weekend, same day. Um, so you go into it, and not a lot of surprises here in the race, the way it ended no, up. it was... Huge surprises in qualifications. Yeah, really good. The I, I was at work the day um, quality happened, and I remember looking at I pulled out my phone on a little break and looked at the Fast 6. It was pretty amazed. Yeah, it, it was, was up there. Yeah, it was just, it was unbelievable. Really, as it was, Askew was in there. Yeah, Jack Harvey with a night, which Harvey was qualified third last year. Right, and he and Harvey was on the pole, and it took basically from what Will Power said himself, it took basically the perfect lap yeah. from from Will Power to to outdo it to get the pole from Jack Harvey by not too much. Um, but still, kudos to Jack Harvey for throwing that thing on the front row. Uh, absolutely. Jack Harvey, Meyer Shank Racing, uh, one of our favorites. Yep. Um, so the the beginning of the race was like... Well, we did. We, it looked like a, a typical road course willpower runaway. Right. It just... Uh, it was just crazy the the way that whole thing played out. Then mm-hmm. you get to the race, and um, man, Graham Rahal should have won that. Graham race. Rahal and Connor Daly 
were looking good. Were really looking good. They strategy were on, wise, they were on right. a good strategy. They 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 decided they were going to make it a two stopper mm-hmm, instead of a three. three stopper. It looked like we weren't going to get any cautions because they kind of spread out a little bit. Right. And then lo and behold, that caution that Oliver Askew brought out Jeez. on old tires, uh, losing it onto the front stretch. Right. Ruins the day for Graham Ray. Not ruins the day, right. but well, ruin the race win for there Graham There was a Ray lot Hall. of people that, as Paul Tracy likes to say, there were a lot of people caught out in the danger zone. Yeah, and, and Graham uh, Ray Hall was one of them. And it just it cycled them to the back, and it cycled – it cycled most of the guys that were running mid-pack to the front. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, here we go. Scott Dixon and ends up in the front. Scott Dixon is... And once he got there, it was game over. Yeah, he ends up towards the front and um, makes a pass, and boom, he's gone. There he goes. He's gone. Now, I think Graham even admitted after the race that he doesn't know if he would even, you know, because Graham would have been ahead by like 16, 17 seconds. Yeah. He doesn't know, based on pace, if he could even have held off Scott Dixon. Yeah. You know, maybe Scott Dixon catches Graham because he was just flying. I mean, Yeah, Scott was pretty fast. I mean, that's just crazy. But going through, like, the top five here for, for the race, you got Scott Dixon wins. So that's Obviously. two in a row. That's not good for the rest of the That paddock. is bad news for the paddock. Um, really bad news. Graham Rahal with a strong finish in second. Strong and finish in second. Should have had a stronger finish at Texas if he doesn't have the issues. So right. It looks like the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan team is looking pretty solid. Looking pretty year. solid because and um, Spencer Piggott. Spencer Piggott was strong. Looked really good in he this race. He was really moving through the field. Looked really good in this in race. In a third Ray Hall car. So right. I mean, but um, I think the luck of the race drive was yeah. Simon Pagano. He just – I know he had some pace at the end, but he benefited from that yellow. Oh, yeah. Put him from – because he started like 20th because mm-hmm. he had a horrible qualification. Yeah, really bad. Um, it moved him up. Uh, so Simon finishes third. Colton Herta, the – the top five. The quietest fourth-place finish I think you're ever going to see. Yeah, just drove a solid race. And then maybe one of the, the drives of the race – Renus VK. Renus VK, rookie. Going like we talked about earlier from getting his boss, Matt Adam, Man. to having a really good top five result. Going from that Texas fiasco to, to this, that he needed that. That was really good for him. Yeah. Moving on down the line, then you go Marcus Erickson, Jay New, Pato Award finished eighth, uh, Santino ninth, and Takuma Sato. I heard Kevin Lee and Kurt Cavan talking about this on their podcast. They don't think he was mentioned one time during the broadcast at all, ever. He was. But, but, he, but he finishes 10th. Um, Hinchcliffe comes in 11th in his part-time ride, and then our boy, Connor Daly, comes home 12th. All 12th. Admittedly, from Ed Carpenter, mm-hmm. they kind of put Connor in a bad spot. Yeah, he was on a safe tire, safe fuel With type fuel mileage, you know, that. he was having to really conserve and save so he couldn't really push the car. I mean, he, he was running second place at one point in time during the race. Yeah. Um, 
before that yellow, and mm-hmm. then the yellow comes out. And he probably would have had a pretty easy top five result if the right. strategy would have played out. He's got to save. He's got to save stuff. So he kind of dropped down to to twelfth, but to twelfth, but still a solid. Mm-hmm. Still pretty solid. Another factor, big news factor coming out of this Grand Prix was the heat. Yeah, it was. It a, was hot in Indiana. It was a really hot day, and it's not like at Texas even. If that filters bringing in hot air, it's air, right? At least. Whereas so, a road course, you're you're slowing down to at times forty five, fifty miles an hour going into a corner, which is a lot different from having constant airflow at Texas at about two twenty. Correct. So Correct. that was the biggest complaint from the drivers. I think was the heat. Uh, I think Connor Daly said just in sweat alone, he lost like 12 pounds. That's or, crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I saw that tweet from him. Say he lost 12 pounds. That's the diet mm-hmm. that me and you need to go on. We, me and you need to go race. Yeah, let's just go race some whatever. And the, the Grand Prix when it's 90 degrees outside. Then we'll be okay. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's just insane. That that shows you the how fit these guys are. You got to be pretty fit. Right. It's, you can't just be a normal athlete. These guys are fit, fit, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so kudos to them. Coming out of this, we're going to talk about the points. Obviously, Scott Dixon goes two for two. Big lead in the championship. So he is in first place in the championship points with 104 points. Yep. Second place is uh, Pagano with 75, which we need him to kind of fade a little bit. Fade on to the back, Simon. Um, <laughs> as you shake your head. Third place, uh, Joseph Newgarden with 64. Not a shock. Yeah. Fourth place, Colton Herta. Not a shock. With 58. Um Ray Hall is in fifth with 54, so solid. Solid start to the season for Graham Ray Hall, mm-hmm. which is really kind of good to see. We talked about this in the last episode about how I personally would love to see Graham Ray Hall not dominate the season, but have a you know get some wins, just a more consistent year. Get some wins, several podiums, win the five hundred, win a championship. Because more times than not, he'll go from having a really good race right. to having a not so good race and finishing towards the back. So. If he can just get more consistent finishes, I mean he's right. he's a title contender. Which which he had pretty good run last year at uh, Road America. Mm-hmm. So we got the doubleheader coming up. We're, we'll talk about that in, in in another segment. But um, six in the points. This is the shocker to me. Yes, yeah, is, is a big shock. Is Zach Veach? That is um, other than other than Colton Herta, Zach Veach is the highest positioned Andretti driver. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's saying something. So he something. he's got fifty points, and then seventh is our boy Connor Daly, solid top ten in the championship right, with right forty six points. So solid. after that, you go Pato Award, Ryan Hunter Ray, Marcus Harrison, Renus VK down in eleventh, coming in eleventh. Surprises here, Will Power fifteenth, thirty one points. Now let's put this into perspective. Will Power is a perennial championship contender. Correct. Every year. Mm-hmm. Scott Dixon currently has 104 points. 
Will Power currently has 31. Okay? The field's in trouble. Ed Carpenter, who has run one race, mm-hmm. is one point below Will Power at 30 points. Yeah. And he is 10 points ahead of Alexander Rossi. Right. Alexander Rossi is in 23rd spot with 20 points. He's tied with Tony Kanaan, <laughs> who's run one race. I was about to that say just that. tells you the kind of luck that Alexander Rossi's had. Yeah, it's it's been, been a good. bad two two races for Alexander Rossi. Yeah, just, and really, it's not his fault. He had the issues on the grid at Texas, mm-hmm. and then he had fuel pickup problems or something. He missed like 20 minutes of the first or the, the final warm-up. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just Andretti, bad luck Andretti seems to be either having a bad luck year or struggling. And I remember listening to, it was either Mike Hall or it was Scott Dixon on a podcast over the offseason. Uh-huh. I, I think it was Mike Hall uh-huh. on a uh, Marshall Pruitt podcast. And he talked about how during the offseason, Ganassi Racing went through and did a detailed overview of where they were lacking from last year mm-hmm. and i and i said something on we can go back and look but i said something on a podcast and i thought i said if those guys are going back and doing a systematic check on where they need to improve and they improve and coming this year the the, the paddock's in trouble yeah. So here we are, two races in. And sure enough, Scott Dixon. Two Scott Dixon two wins, two. two for two. He's 29 points clear of second, of second place. Okay. Now, we all know Indy's double points. Mm-hmm. We're not having double points at the end of the season at um, St. Pete, but Indy's double points. So Indy's going to play. A big part in the championship so this year. Indy will play havoc because, like you were, we were talking we're about t- this if, earlier, and you if said if Dixon wrecks or it finishes, just has a bad result, like back in the twentieth position type right. deal, and a guy like Ray Hall even doesn't even even if he doesn't win, finishes top five. Right. That's a big that that's a big point. Or let's say Alexander wins his second. That's a huge point. Right. Swing. Let's say Will Power wins his second. Yeah. I mean that's that moves them up. You know, that one race with double – that's why I don't like double points. I think it creates a false – Championship. A false championship. But um, that's a debate for another day. So, all right. Having said that, we can take a breath. We've covered Texas and we've covered the Grand Prix. Correct. So, we're going to take a break uh, and in segment one here. And when we come back, we're going to get into some news um, – from IndyCar, and then our final segment will be um, previewing Road America doubleheader this week with fans. Finally, I may say with fans. Thank the Lord. So um, a little, you, a little normal, normal, little normalcy, normalcy would be would be nice. Struggling to speak. Here. That's okay. We just got back from football practice, yeah, so it, and it was ninety five degrees outside. So, um, so we're hot. So. Hope you enjoyed the cover of those two races, and we'll be right back with more around the outside 
and IndyCar podcasts. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to segment two of Around the Outside and IndyCar podcast. Just getting into a little bit of the news that we've missed since the last time we've recorded. One of the one of the best things I like is um, getting listener questions. Listener questions. Yes. And to be honest with you, I think we've had one person. We've had several listener questions, but it all comes from one, one person. person, and that's our that's our dude Lance, right? Yes, sir. Um, Lance asked us. Uh, matter of fact, we just got this today. He said, "Hey, this is for your next podcast." I want to know why we don't think IndyCar goes to the Daytona road course. Probably based off the news that came out today that the Xfinity and NASCAR, actually I think all NASCAR series, will be racing on the road course. Yes. yes. For like the first time ever. And I'm Without a, restrictor plates. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell you, if it's you know the same thing that the 24 hours is held on, I, I don't, Lance, that's a great question. That is a great question because I think that would be a fantastic race. I don't know why IndyCar doesn't race. That is one of my favorite uh, uh, road courses in the country. Because you got to look at it. It's very feasible because that could give you a second early season. Let's say we get back to some kind of normalcy post-COVID, right, Mm -hmm. next year. You run St. Pete. Yeah. Right? Down in Florida. You could go right to Daytona. You could go right to Daytona and run the Daytona road course. Now, they've got to get this, you know, they they got to get the track owners, who is NASCAR, basically, Mm -hmm. um, to say yes to that. But I think think the doubleheader July 4th weekend, or the tripleheader, I should say, I think that's a step in that right direction. But that race would be... Number one, awesome. Number two, oh, yeah. it would be a great addition to the early part of the year. Yeah. To where you wouldn't have to have a month off. Or even most of the, most of the cases, it's like a two- or three-week break after right. the first you race just, of the year. Just go Definitely. and you know do St. Pete and then mm-hmm. go to Daytona mm-hmm. and run that. That would be absolutely incredible, and and we would definitely be at that race. So that's such a good question, Lance, that I hit up Jay Fry on Twitter. Because there's been some things that we've posted on Twitter that Jay Fry liked. Mm-hmm. Which I was kind of like surprised. I was like, wow, you know, did you see this? Jay Fry, like we didn't tag Jay Fry in it. Jay Fry mm-hmm. just liked the tweet. and We've even had uh, Mario Andretti like a post of ours. I, no, Mario he, Andretti. No, he'd follow Mario us. Mario Andretti followed us. Yeah. That is... Um, that was a shocker right there. <laughs> we're getting off topic here, but um, we were. What are we doing? We, we were, were sitting wa- there. I think we might have been watching one of the uh, iRacing racing races. No, we were watching the. Uh, um, was it the twenty four hour? No, it, it was the Texas race. I think it was just recently, where it, where he did something. He did like an intro to whatever. And it was so spectacular. I tweeted out. I, I just tweeted someone said, "Hey, Mario Andre, that was that that was unbelievably moved me to tears, or whatever the case may be." And the next thing I know, we're getting a, a Twitter notification saying Mario Andretti uh, has followed you. I'm, I'm like, for it. I'm like, talking. okay, we're done. <laughs> like we can retire now because 
the man has followed us on Twitter. So that is true. Um, so we may only get Lance that sends us in questions, <laughs> right? Which we invite anybody to send us in stuff. Like we wish we would get stuff from a lot of people, right? So we may only have Lance doing it, but you know what? Mario Andretti follows us on so Twitter. So it's all good. So keep, we're all good. Keep on asking away, Lance. We're all good. So um, getting back to topic, I, I sent I sent a tweet out, tagged Jay Fry in it, and said, hey, any thought about IndyCar running the Daytona road course in the future? Right. As of tonight, uh, this is Thursday night, as of July tonight – um, I have not heard back. He has not responded. So I'm assuming they're all up at Road America getting ready for a busy weekend. Uh, maybe he'll have time. Maybe he sees it. Maybe he doesn't. But it would be yeah. nice to get a response back. But we're all with you, Lance. We definitely think that IndyCar should run the Daytona road course. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. So moving on to some news that came out after Texas. Um Matter of fact, I think this just came out today. The Grand Prix? I'm sorry, after the Grand Prix. This just came out today. Uh, IndyCar has approved a second air duct on the other side, so one on each side of the aero screw. Mm -hmm. So one air duct, hose comes in, attaches to the helmet, cools mm -hmm. the driver helmet. The second air duct basically says that the, the, the hose can go and point wherever the driver wants it to. Well, that's good. So yeah, we'll see. That'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm sure we'll see some of that on uh, NBC Gold. Yeah, when we watch some practice sessions. Which speaking of that, one of my new favorite cameras is the one that they have on the top of like the halo part of the aero screen, looking right at the driver's eyes. Yeah, that's pretty, I think that's a cool camera. Yeah, that's pretty wicked. That's pretty wicked. So, but they approved that the second air duct. For the other side of the of, of the arrow screen, mm -hmm. and then earlier in the week, they approved a relocation of the water bag for the driver's drink system to be moved. Which this kind of baffled me. It, it's always been over by the uh, ra the radiator, which to me that I mean that's going to be hot as Hades, <laughs> right? Right. So drivers over the years, you've heard them complain mm -hmm. about hot water, right? Right. The water gets hot. Whatever. Well, move it away from the radiator. And it probably won't be as So high. that's what they did. So now it's going to be in the cockpit, down by a driver's leg somewhere, mm -hmm. um, which should cool the temperature down, but also it shortens the hose. So they don't have, as like Colton Herta, his came unplugged um, at right. the GP, which I'm sure he was on right. fire. And then the other thing that happens is, is and it's kind of like if you've ever had a camelback, or something like that. If, if you're a backpack and you're mm -hmm. running and you've got that hose that comes out of the backpack. Well, if you don't take a drink for a while and it's 90 some degrees out, okay. the water inside that hose gets hot as hell. Mm -hmm. The water in the camelback stays kind of cool. It's kind of like a normal hose. But you've got to suck that water out, that hot ass water to get through that to get to the cold water. I mean, it's so I'm sure that's what's happening with these Indy cars. So, Moving this thing, hopefully, will create cooler water for the drivers, and it shortens the, yeah. the distance that it's got to travel through the hose. Yeah, so for sure. Hopefully, um, that kind of solves that, and the second air duct helps with all the heat issues that mm -hmm. we're having with this aero screen. Problem. I'm sure they'll get it figured out at some point. So, on to the next thing. 
we have they have confirmed it as of before the GP that there will be fans at the Indianapolis 500 this year. However, it will be fifty percent capacity, which I think on the last podcast or maybe the one before we were talking about how they couldn't do partial fans just because we didn't know how logistically they would do it. Right. But I think they found the best possible way to do it out of every option. It, I mean, it was kind of confusing at first because um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I never got an email. Yeah. I never got an email from the track. Um, I didn't find out about it till I saw it on Twitter that day. That's how I found out about it. I found out about it through Twitter. Um, I never got an email from the track. I never got a phone call. I never got anything. I just, I, I saw it on Twitter and it said, go to your account, log into your account, mm-hmm. go to your tickets and then kind of follow, you know, you got to mm-hmm. determine what you want. Um, we have four tickets in J stand, mm-hmm. but they're not four together. They're, they're two, two separate tickets, orders. Right. They're two tickets and two tickets. They're on the same order. So I pay for them all at once. I pay Correct. for them together. But they're two tickets over here and two tickets over here mm-hmm. on either side of this aisle mm-hmm. and a couple of rows apart. So I get online. I'm going through the process. Man, you know what? I better call them. I just want to make sure I'm doing this right. So I call IMS, the ticket department. I'm on hold literally. I'm on hold for an hour. Which doesn't shock me when they just dropped that news right, right. out. Right. That's not shock me. Wasn't upset. Whatever. Lady comes on. And so I start explaining to her why I said, I just want to make sure I'm doing this right. Very nice. Very professional. As always. And she basically tells me that because my tickets are two and two, that we will be getting all of our tickets. Mm-hmm. Two and two. Now, if you're a group... That mm-hmm. has ten tickets. I think you're entitled to about fifty percent of you're, those tickets. Well, that's the thing. The way I'm I not the sh- way I read it, and I don't know if this is true about fifty yeah, percent capacity. Know. It said that you're guaranteed half of them to be in the same general location that your tickets are now. Right. And if you wanted your full allotment of tickets, they would that be the other right. half of them may be. Let's say you got tickets in the top row of the fourth turn, and mm-hmm. you're, um, you know, you got eight tickets mm-hmm. in Northwest Vista. Well, you're guaranteed four of them to right be there. right there. The other four may be turn two, right? Uh, row one. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I don't know how they're going to do it. It's got to be a nightmare for so them. So I, what I'm assuming is, which I think they assumed right. I think because I've seen a couple polls and things on Twitter. I think they're assuming that a lot of people. Um, will opt out this year, which I think that's a safe assumption. I think the number that they said around a hundred and what is it seventy five thousand seventy five thousand. I think that's an accurate number. Which there's I've seen some people say, "Oh, that's crazy that many people." Well, you got to understand if you've never been to IMS, it's you can f- socially distance one hundred seventy five thousand people in that place. Well, you yeah, fairly at, easily at six feet apart. I mean, so they've got this all figured out. Yeah. I mean, they know what they're doing. They know where they're going to sit people. Mm-hmm. They just got to get a gauge of who all is coming. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say they're not coming. I've seen, yeah, I've seen a lot of people say they're not going. Which, hey, I, 
As as long as I'm sitting and Jay stand up there. and turn four, I don't I'm care okay. if we're masked up. Um, I just ordered my Meyer Shank Racing buff today. Yeah, so I don't care. I don't care if I if I gotta wear a ghillie suit up there. Uh, our asses will be um, up there for uh, race number forty eight for me. Um, I don't. I, I can't imagine making that decision to not go to the five hundred. I get it. I get, you know, people are concerned, but I don't know, you know, in which that kind of leads us from the spectators and how they're doing this. You know, like there was this big thing that got put out by like uh, StubHub or um, what's the other one? Uh, I use SeatGeek a lot. SeatGeek, right? They, 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 a lot of people Ticket today, master. a lot of people today or yesterday, whenever it was, mm-hmm got an email if they had bought tickets through StubHub, they got an email saying that their their tickets to the five hundred were canceled. Holy cow. So there were people were putting that all over tour, like, well what the hell does this mean? You know, what do they know something we don't know? And and basically I think IMS put a thing out saying that and these were like third party ticket. Yeah, I'm brokers. assuming they're doing that just so and, they can control right, everything. They right. can control who's they gotta, coming right. and they gotta know. Because from what I understand they're gonna do the whole like on phone system where you're going to have a certain time a certain gate a certain to get in a certain time to go to your seat a certain time to go get drinks and concession stand well the only problem with that is okay and and there's some issues that they've got to come out and and talk about right yeah which is one like are we i mean are we gonna be allowed to bring coolers in yeah right um are we if not are we going to be forced to buy drinks and food at the track, and if so, it better. Not, are you going to charge gonna me full price? Are you going to charge me six dollars for, for a bottle of Diet Mountain Dew? I mean, that's or re- like five bucks for a bottle of water. That's crazy, yeah. and I hope they wouldn't do that. Um, but it's hard to sit up in the stands with a cooler full of beer, drinking your beer. And when you got to pee, you got to pee. <laughs> That's what and I'm saying. If, you know, and, and so when people are up there, myself included, if I got to pee and I'm, and I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, well, I mean, my bathroom time frame in for another 30 minutes, right. we're in trouble. <laughs> or you're using a right? bottle. Right. We're in trouble. I'm, I'm peeing off the back. <laughs> I don't know if you're right. doing that. I'm peeing off the back of the of, of J stand. <laughs> so if you're at J stand section 15 and we have timed bathroom breaks, watch out. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. But um, it's going to be weird, man. Like you're going to enter this gate between this time and this time. You're going to go to your seats between this time and this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we have kind of a, like a, we started this tradition not too long ago where we get to the track really early. Yeah. Like, we've always got to the track early. Yeah. But we but, used to just kind of sit in our seats yeah, and now, watch the bands go Now we walk down to gas, all the way down to Gasoline Alley once we get our stuff set up. Right, and just yeah. kind of watch, like, the red carpet type area. Right. Watch all the celebrities come by. And then, so we kind of enjoy doing that. Walk, taking a walk yeah. down there. You know, you get to people watch and all that stuff. So I don't know if we'll be able gonna to do be that allowed to do year. that. I doubt it. So, you know, there, there's a lot of questions that need answered. Um, kind of like like bronze badge users. Right. Are we still going to have that? They, the last I heard is that bronze badges will work uh, like they always have, but I highly doubt that's the case. Like for us, 
one another one of our traditions is we always get a hat with that year's logo on it. Right. And get as many signatures as we can on it. Right. I highly doubt that's going to be possible this year. I I bet they don't allow autographs. Right. I mean, how do you? You can't. I, I mean, unless unless you're not allowed the Sharpie. And like, yeah, that's true. Unless, unless the driver sharpie, and a lot of drivers carry their own sharpies. True, but I mean, maybe, and you're probably going to have to be masked up, and you're probably going to have to be, you know. But the issue is, you you're running up to them, and how do you stand six feet apart? Right, I don't know how that works, man. It's, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot they got to come out with. <laughs> um, they they basically just announced this, you know, a while back, and then here just in the past couple of days, and I've seen a lot of people. On Twitter, bitching about this, and I'm like, just be grateful. I'm you like, have people, race. Well, I, these some of these people, and I could name them by name, <laughs> but I won't. But there's some people on Twitter that are IndyCar followers or fans that, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that would probably know who exactly I'm talking about if we said the name, but. This dude bitches. And bitches. About and everything. And bitches. About everything. He, I don't, he almost never puts anything positive on Twitter. Almost ever. When it comes to IndyCar. But he's no. a huge fan. But he Correct. just... So, so now... Let's see you run the series right. and so, see how it goes. So now IndyCar comes out. Roger Pinson comes out and says, the Indianapolis 500 is going to start at 2.30 in the afternoon. It's a whole two hours after okay. the typical now, start time. I understand, and it's kind of like this week here in Indy. Mm-hmm. This week here in Indy has been blazing hot, and the weather pattern has been the same every single day. You wake up, it's a beautiful day, and as the afternoon goes on, the, Chances the, are the, the, the temperature rises, the clouds build, mm-hmm. and we have pop-up thunderstorms everywhere. So, yeah, we're talking August 23rd. It's going to be hot as hell, right? Yeah. More than likely. More, now, we could luck you out. You could get luck out and luck into a 70, 80 degree More day. than likely, it's going to be hot. And the odds of having an afternoon pop-up thunderstorm are kind of great. So how's that boat into the Indianapolis 500? Well, if it rains, it rains. If it gets delayed, it gets delayed. If we got to come back Monday, we got to come back Monday. Mm -hmm. If we got to come back Tuesday, we got to come back Tuesday. doesn't matter. Quit bitching about it. Be grateful that we're even having an Indianapolis 500 and that we're having fans at it. Because Correct. that's all I heard. That's all I've read about. Oh, you can't have it without fans, and you can't do this and that. Well, you know, I don't look at it from a if if we had the race without fans, I don't look at that as a bad thing from a, from our standpoint. Mm-hmm. Would it suck for us? Absolutely, it would suck for us. But you know who it would really suck for? The drivers. The winner. Or specifically the winner. The winner of the Indianapolis 500. Because there wouldn't be nothing there. There'd no. be no victory lane. So, I mean, you'd be in victory lane just like they are now. But it's just like Kevin Harvick said. It's like, what's the point? There's nothing there. The crews aren't even allowed in there because of COVID. Mm-hmm. 
you know, with the 500, you're not going to get to take your victory lap and see all the fans that are going to stick around for you. So to me, it would be worse for the guy who won the 2020 Indianapolis 500 with no fans than it would be for us as spectators. We yeah, would hate sure. it. We would absolutely hate it. But you got to feel for that guy who does That'd that. Be rough. So, um, leading from any spectators to a couple drivers that that were hot in the news, Jimmy Johnson mm-hmm. announced that he was going to be having a test with it's supposed to be yesterday. Chip Ganassi Racing, right? Yeah. Chip Ganassi Racing. He was testing an IndyCar. Um, which was awesome. He gives an interview saying that he's interested in running all 12 road courses courses on the schedule. And he even goes as far to say that he wants to run the Indianapolis 500. Yeah. But he's got to convince his wife. Uh, We'll see how that ends up. I'm going to assume that we will see Jimmy Johnson in the Indy 500 in the next year or two. I think so, too. Um, I think that's a big possibility. And then another – well – Staying on Jimmy Johnson, um, that kind of goes to crap, Be, that whole plan, because right. he asymptomatically tests for COVID-19. Positive. Right. Test positive for COVID-19 on, like, a Friday. So he can't run the Brickyard. Brickyard gets ran on that Sunday. That Monday. And Tuesday. And Tuesday, he takes a test, tests negative on both days, and is cleared by Tuesday. And is racing this weekend. <laughs> so, I still don't know if we know okay. what the heck we're doing. How is that possible? If, what, what two, two or three months ago, it was if you test positive, no matter what, you have right. to self-quarantine. So, if you days. or me test positive for, for COVID-19. Oh, I would have to. We, we are going to, right now, if we tested positive today, we'd have to self-quarantine for 14, 14 days. days. yeah. Okay. Be able to work. And wouldn't we wouldn't have access to go get tests every single day. No. So wouldn't happen. That gives you the thought of how many people are testing positive right now. That are false positive. That are false positive. And that's the crazy thing with Jimmy is he was asymptomatic. Right. So he didn't show any symptoms. So his wife had symptoms. They matter of fact, they called her they called hers allergy symptoms. Yeah. Right. Which both you and I have allergies. <laughs> right. Okay. So we have allergy symptoms every day. Sneeze, dust so, nose. I mean, we could very well have COVID or have, have had COVID at, at some, some point in time. But so how the hell do you know what's what when it comes to COVID? I don't know, man. It's, it is what it is. And um, so hopefully Jimmy Johnson will get his test with, with Ganassi. Um Hopefully he's running all twelve road courses and the Indianapolis five hundred next awesome. year. That would be that would be that great. Would be awesome. Which leads us into Fernando Alonso, another driver who I think is making the biggest mistake of his career in going back to Formula One with Renault. And we don't so, talk a lot about Formula One on this podcast, but it's Fernando. But it's Fernando and So I personally think what he's doing is because he signed a two-year contract. I think that would have been a one-year contract Have because the regulations for F1 are supposed to be right more of a spec. 
like an IndyCar. They were supposed to be, to be starting next year, but now they're not starting until 2022. So I think he decided to sign a two-year contract, and he's just going to stick it out for the one year in a crappy Renault. Because Renault's in the same spot McLaren basically was, maybe even worse when Fernando was there right. at McLaren. So I think he wants to see what this new the new regulation does, I think, because I think people are expecting it to make the field more even. I don't know if that's going to be the case. You talk about when he was with McLaren and he was on the radio talking about a GP2 engine. You, you talk about a GP2 engine. Why do you think Daniel Ricciardo is leaving? I mean, he, he got over there, got left Red Bull, which was – the biggest mistake of Daniel Ricardo's career. Yeah, he should have okay. gone to... He should have stayed at Red Bull, okay, like they wanted him to stay at Red Bull. Yeah. But no, he didn't want to do it. He had to jump. He went to Renault. Renault sucks, okay? Yeah. This is not the Renault of oh, 04, 05, whenever it was that Fernando mm-hmm. went back-to-back world champion. That's mm-hmm. not that Renault. It's not that Formula 1. No. It's just not. And Renault, and I don't think it will be for a long time. Which I don't, I don't get it. Now, interesting sidebar to this: the 2021 Indianapolis 500 mm-hmm. is not on the same weekend as Monaco. No, for the first time in a long time. So, well, it wasn't this year. Either. Well, it wasn't this year either. But next but... year, it's not either. So, could we see a Fernando Alonso, a Lando Norris. Lando com- wouldn't shock me. Coming over and running. Yeah, the only issue with that is, I think, which is not a big issue, I think Monaco is the week before. Yeah. So. There's ways around it. Mario Andretti did it for years. I know. Okay, so there's ways around it. Um, you just have to have someone else. Right. Depending on which day, what qualifying day falls on. So, we'll see what happens with Fred. Um, they did release – it was – we posted this thing on Twitter. Here's Fred's sled for the 500. I thought that was pretty nifty. But Fred's livery for the pretty 500. Pretty nice looking car. Pretty badass. It's going to make a very nice die cast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he's got a nice looking car. With McLaren, mm-hmm. with Craig Hampson lead, leading his car. That's the guy to look out for. Right. Um, ask you, Pato Award, haven't looked horrible. No, solid teammates. Right, right. Solid I mean, team, all, I think. You know, Oliver Rex during the, the GP. But but he had a good – he qualified well, had so, a decent and then, race. To be honest with you, I don't know how many cars that we're going to have for the 500. Maybe I've heard maybe 34. That's, I think that's you'll one see. Out, maybe I think 35. you'll see thirty-five or thirty-six. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, I but I even even if there are extra, what cars, would be really cool is if in the twenty twenty-one Indianapolis five hundred, mm-hmm. you've got all the stars of IndyCar, mm-hmm. right? All your normal stars of IndyCar. You add in Jimmy Johnson. You add in Fernando Alonso, who I doubt he would come race for. McLaren, no, but I bet you Andretti would run him if he can. And you bring in Lando Norris from McLaren to run with McLaren, yeah, as their new third. And you bring in somebody like Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Kurt Busch has been on record lately saying he would like to run Indianapolis 500 for the second time. 
it's got these next few years have the potential to be pretty huge. big star power. Be pretty huge for the five hundred if we can get the stars aligned. So hopefully that works out. Um, we got two or three more news items we got we got to discuss. Uh, we're up against a hard break, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with some uh, our last bit of news, and we're going to go right into what predictions predictions for and road preview. america yes so we will be right back uh with around the outside in any car podcast there you go welcome back to segment number three for around the outside in the indie car podcast Ooh, easy for you to say that was a struggle yeah um going to wrap up the rest of the news here just a couple short items to talk about yeah, pretty awesome thing that came across Twitter was a a tweet from a Kentucky, random tweet from, from Kentucky Motor Speedway from Kentucky Speedway saying who would like to see Indy cars back at Kentucky Speedway, and the majority of the vote was yes. resounding yes. I remember I went to, I think I've been to every Indy car race that was at Kentucky Speedway. Yeah. I think I went to all of them. You have been to none of them because they have not raced there. Because you were, I started right. Watching. You were a kid. You were a baby, um, and you always went to Mamaw's for <laughs> to get babysat. Yeah. But um, Kentucky is spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's great track, great for Indy cars. Um, I remember sitting there watching uh, into the race. Uh, it was like he didn't know it was the end of the race, but Dario Franchitti coming across, coming across the line, and then he just runs over somebody's tire. And he goes flipping, right? Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Um, but that track, that track is is very conducive to IndyCar racing. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully that works out. Hopefully that uh, we see IndyCar back at Kentucky. There's been so many fans over the years saying. IndyCar's got to get back to Kentucky. They mm-hmm. got to get back to Chicago land. They got to get back to Michigan International Speedway. Yeah. Um, you know, places like that. And they got to get back to Milwaukee, you know, and so on and so on and so on. And it's great, but they're ovals. And you got to have the crowd. If you don't have the crowd, then the track doesn't make money. And then that's when it goes away. So, correct. Um, you got to have a good product to put on the track and you got to have the fan support. So there's got to be more than just lip service of people hitting a button on Twitter saying, yes, we want a race at Kentucky. You got to go to the you race. Gotta go. You got to go. You got to spend the money and you got to go support the race, um, for it to have longevity. So, yeah, for sure. Um, IndyCar is not in the same position as NASCAR. No. Tracks with NASCAR get paid. Whether there's one fan in the stand or it's a sellout, they get paid from the TV contract. Correct. IndyCar's not like that. No. The tracks don't get paid from the from the TV contract. That's why Roger Pinsky had to pony up the money more than likely um, to go to Texas. So, fingers crossed, Kentucky. Second thing that came up now, and it's a pretty strong rumor that this may happen next year, Yeah, is a race 
in Nashville, Tennessee. The streets of Nashville. Downtown Nashville, Tennessee. That would be amazing. Which would be awesome because, one, you would be 21 by the time this <laughs> happens. And downtown Nashville. Downtown Nashville is pretty spectacular. Yes. I've never been. It is. It's pretty it's, cool. Right. So having that race there would be pretty pretty cool as opposed to having it at the Nashville Speedway, yeah. which IndyCar has run at in the past, mm-hmm. and is basically, it would basically be another Texas race all over. It's a one-groove racetrack. Right. It didn't produce the greatest racing. Plus, it sits about 40 minutes outside of Nashville. Right. So they can call it Nashville Super Speedway or whatever they call it, but it's not Nashville. No. So you need to have this thing, and coming from me, who's a big oval fan, and I'd rather have more ovals than road courses, but there's just certain places that you go. That's like, if we ever went back to Vegas, let's do a race in Vegas, but let's make it a street race. That'd be awesome. And run up and down a strip. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be phenomenal. Um, And that would be cool to go to. So two races... Kentucky, Nashville. Could be on the schedule. Hopefully, we get them on the schedule soon. Next thing that came out just yesterday was Gateway and their their date change. Gateway was a Saturday night race. It is now only Sunday. The week the weekend after the five hundred. Now it's the same weekend, but it's it's a Sunday. So and it's going to be a double header with the Arca series. I think NASCAR. I think that Arca I mean they did that last whoever. year. They did it last year. Um, I don't know. Gateway at night is pretty cool. Yeah, Gateway's a really cool track. I mean that was really cool. So, um, is it still a night race? No, it's in the afternoon. Oh really? Yeah, it's in the. It's oh, like a two. Sucks. It's like a two thirty start time on Sunday. Oh wow! So it's in the afternoon. So I I is kind of on, been going I'm, back. I'm assuming that's because NBC. I don't know. I don't know what to. I don't. I have no idea. Um, maybe maybe they put it on NBC. I've I, I've been emailing back and forth. I've been um, going back and forth um, with the president of of Worldwide Technology with Gateway Speedway. Um, he's actually when you when you tag him in something, he'll respond to you almost immediately. Yeah. I mean, so and I've been tagging him, and we've been going back and forth. I'm like. Hey, when are you going to put tickets on sale for the IndyCar race? Because when you get on their website and you go to tickets, it says nothing's available. Well, I would assume you should see them go on sale soon because they just, I'm assuming they had that announcement in the well, works. Well, it, it's in the announcement. So right now there's a, there's a staged thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. So beginning right now, they are contacting people who had already bought tickets to the race right? to see about how they're going to rearrange their seats. Okay, and I got this. Um, I got this survey in the in the mail in, in an email from them about what I thought how social distancing should go. You know, all these different questions about the IndyCar race. So, and I did it and, and submitted it. Um, I think we can go because we were going to buy tickets to this a long time ago. And we didn't because we went to this race last year. Right. Um, we can buy tickets, I think, starting July 27th. Okay. Is when you can buy single race tickets to either the NASCAR, ARCA race, or whatever it is, or the IndyCar race. So um, that's what we'll do because we'll be going to Gateway. 
Uh, having said all that, we're moving on to Road, Road America, America as we flip the page here. And we finally, we are in a, we are going to be in a. We have four IndyCar races in the next two weeks. Yes, we, I mean, we are going to be in a flurry of stuff because not only do we have two at Road America, two at Iowa, but then we're going to have August 9th. Mid-Ohio. At Mid-Ohio. And then we're into Indy 500 Then we're practice. into practice, quals, car day, race. The following week, Gateway. Gateway. So this is a crazy stretch for Indy car bet- racing. Between now and the end of August, boy, it's going to get crazy. A lot of Indy car which racing, which is awesome for Indy car fans. Yes, it so, is. So Road America, it's a Saturday Sunday show. So here's what we got going on. Um, pull up. Uh, the specifics on Road America. It's a four point. I know it's four point something. Yeah, four point something mile road course. Um, when Richmond got canceled, we really thought about going to Road America, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, we it was either going to be Road America or Iowa. Well, Iowa, they wanted their, their ticket prices were just. To me, to for a double header, they were just outlandish. Road America, we will get to Road America at some point. But I, when I go to Road America, I want us to do Road America right. Right. You know what I mean? We're gonna go camp. It costs like five. It costs more to rent a golf cart at Road America than it does for the race tickets. It's crazy at Road America. So. It's a 4.048 mile track. It is awesome. Through the woods. It This says it is over 640 acres of we, land. We need to go to Road America. And, and I'm going to tell you why. One reason we need to go to Road America. One of many. Here we go. Spotted cow. Yep, there it is. Spotted cow. So I went to Wisconsin. You went to the Dells. I went to the Dells a few weeks ago. Me and Jen went up there. I ended up coming back with three cases of spotted cow, like three, three, four packs of their Wisconsin Belgium Red, which is some of the most delicious beer I've ever had in my life. Cherry, if you love cherries, this is delicious. And then some raspberry tart. Um, they're proud of spotted cow at 40 bucks a case after taxes. Right, it's not cheap, but um, it is good. So, I would love to be able to go up and buy some more of that stuff, and at some point we will. So, having said that, on to the schedule. Saturday, okay. There's a 75 minute practice, IndyCar practice at 11 a.m. These are all Eastern Standard Times, okay, because I believe they are Central Standard Time. Mm-hmm. So it's 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday, 75-minute practice. At 2.15 starts qualifications. Eastern. Eastern time. And at 5.15 on Saturday is the, is the first race, 55-lap race. Correct. So last year, Alexander Rossi dominated this race. Correct. Won by like 
15, 16, 17 seconds, whatever the case may be. So we're going to get into predictions, right? Okay. So why don't you give me your predictions for the first race? Uh, my first race, finishing third. Top three. Give me the podium. I've got Graham Rahoff. Finishing third. In second, I've got Joseph Newgarden. Jay New. And repeating from last year, I've got Saucy Rossi. Yeah. We're very close. Finding the – or breaking out of his slump. We're very close here. So, my top three, my podium for race number one is in third place, Graham Rahal. Correct. Just like you. In second place is Scott Dixon. Okay. He's going to continue this thing Pretty he's got going. streak. In first place is Alexander Rossi. I'm giving Alexander Rossi the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, betting-wise, I'm probably betting on Scott Dixon. Although well, I looked up his... I did not. I looked up his, his um, betting odds on DraftKings, and I believe he's it's like... like plus two Plus 225 or something yeah, like that. So it would be like... Dead. He'd be like 20... Like two... 225 Come on, to one, right? There you Something go. like that. So, um, I don't know if he's two, he's 2.25 to one. Right. $2.25. Not 225 to one. to one. 225. Not 225. $2.25. Well, if he was 225 to one, I'd be placing a bet on him. <laughs> well, yeah. That'd be a lot of money. Hold on. I'm pulling it up here. I got to find her. Scott Dixon is plus two twenty five right. to win. So it's two dollars and twenty five cents to one. So a dollar bet wins you three twenty five because you get your dollar bet back plus two twenty five. Correct. So it's not look. It's not going to shock me if Scott Dixon sweeps the weekend. I wouldn't be because shocked. he is on a roll. He's got Michael Cannon, and I think he's just gonna he's gonna wipe out the entire season. Unless he's got some, there's always some bad luck that happens somewhere. Maybe this is it. Maybe not. So, first race for us, we both have Ray Hall as third place. We both have Rossi as first place. Mind you, we did not look at each other doing this. No, not at all. But I've got Dixon a second. You didn't even have Dixon in your podium. No. Which is nuts, though. That's no, crazy. So, we'll see what happens with that. Um, we, come, we, we come back to DraftKings. And Dixon's the odds-on favorite, plus 225. Who you got? You got Ray Hall. Now, Ray Hall's a good bet. Now, I put it, I bet on Ray Hall already. Ray Hall's plus 1,500. Right. So that's 15 to 1. Okay? So dollar bet gets you 16 bucks. Correct. Back. Okay? <laughs> and then um, Alexander Rossi is plus 800, so 8 to 1. I have a bet on Alexander Rossi. Okay. Now. You want to you want to bet on some somebody crazy, right? Um, based off of point standings, Zach Veach is plus ten thousand. That's a hundred to one. Yeah, he's okay. plus. There's multiple guys plus ten thousand you can right. bet on. Now on DraftKings right now, you can bet on the race winner, and you can bet on if they top finish three. top three, if, yep. if they finish in the podium. So right now. You've got Marco Andretti, Connor Daly. Yep. Okay. Charlie Kimball, Zach Veach, and Renus VK, who 
was lights out at Indy. He ran really well. Yeah. They are all plus 10,000, which is 100 to 1. They are all plus 2,000 for finishing on the podium, which is 20 to 1. You're telling me you wouldn't put a dollar on Renus VK to finish on the podium? Smart. You wouldn't put a dollar on Connor Daly to finish on the podium or win the race? Smart bet. I mean, that's craziness. So, bet wise, people, bet wise. So, here we go. Going into Sunday. Going into Sunday. No practice. No, they have a quick qualification. Straight at, at quals at 10 a.m. Yeah. And then at 12.42 p.m. Eastern time green is the green flag. Yes, for race number two. What say you? Uh, top three, uh, having another strong day in third, Alexander Rossi. Yep. In second, Scott Dixon. Yep. In winning the race, Graham Rahal. So, every time we make our predictions, we do our predictions Separate. separately. We do them away from each other. We don't tell each other our predictions. So, my predictions for race number two. Third place, Alexander Rossi. Second place, Scott Dixon. First place, Graham Rahal. Yeah. Exactly what you put. So, great minds think alike. Very true. Um, having said all of this, right, Rossi's got to show us something. That he's had two races that have mm-hmm. just been fluke mechanical stuff. And he's it's here. not Rossi, it's Andretti. Yep. That needs to prove that they got their their act together. Now, hey, he, you've got Colton Herta running strong yep. in the championship, and you've got Zach Veach running strong in the championship. you got Ryan hunter Ray. He's in top ten. And Alexander Rossi that are not where they normally would be in the championship. Okay. True. Especially Rossi. So, is it a fluke? Who knows? Does Rossi come back and dominate the weekend? He dominated this race last year, but that was pre-aero screen. True. Pre-different pre setup. This there's, is there's diff, there's this different is stuff going on. Typically a Rossi type track, though. Right. So, um, I hope for his sake because we are Rossi fans. Big Rossi fans. That he comes out and has a strong weekend. Yeah, for sure. I want to see Graham Rahal win one of these two races. He's, and I think he can do it. I think he can. I want to see Connor Daly win one of these two races or finish top three in one I of these two races. I would love to see that because it'd win me money. <laughs> I would love to see that too. I think he can do it. Um, Renus VK could have a strong. I mean, there's so the list goes on and on and on and on. Right. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens, but. Um, Road America Always a decent race Always a decent race Love Road America We will definitely get up there Within the next couple of years To go to that race That we will So we will see what happens um, Like we said We are in a stretch of IndyCar A good stretch That if you're an IndyCar fan You're loving life You're loving life That's exactly right So we go from this weekend Straight into Iowa. That's a Friday-Saturday show. To August 9th at Mid-Ohio. Which we will be at. And to the Indy 500. Which we will be at. So. And then after the 500, what do we have? Gateway. Which we will be at. 
So we've got a stretch, just us alone, mm-hmm. we've got a stretch going where we're going to be at these races. Right. Okay. Uh, we really thought about going to Iowa, and then we kind of changed our mind on yeah. that. But um, So we'll see. So episode 24. 24. Is coming to a close. Uh, glad to be back. Glad to be back. We're going to be busy. Uh, we will definitely come out with another episode next week where we'll do a recap of Road America and a preview of Iowa. Yep, for sure. And then we're going to be busy because we're going to be race, 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 race. So I'm ready we, for it. We will definitely, depending on how they do practice, and all this stuff at the, uh, you know, they haven't they haven't said any of that. Like, yeah, who are there fans allowed out at practice at the track for the five hundred? Are there fans allowed out there for qualification? What I do know is, we did it last year on a different podcast. Yes, but we, we will <laughs> yes, we, we will record a live segment. Yeah, from the morning or I guess the at, early afternoon. Yeah, of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We we will we will record several segments at the track if we are allowed to be at the track throughout practice, qualifications, and the race, and in the garage area, and on pit road. Maybe if we're in the garage area, we get ourselves an interview. That'd be our first (laughs) one, right? That'd be our first one ever. That'd be awesome. So, yes. Uh, we are looking forward to that. So, Very much so. I hope everybody has a good week. Had a good week. Hope you're all looking forward to Road America. Uh, definitely tune in on NBC, on NBC Gold, um, whatever if platform. If you don't have NBC Gold, go get NBC get Gold. NBC Gold. Um, it's well worth the money if you're an IndyCar fan. Um, and once again, thanks for listening to us. Thanks for following us. Uh, if you know somebody or you're not following us on Twitter, what's our what's our handle on At Twitter? Around underscore outside. There you go. Or you should be able to just search around the outside. I mean, I don't know if an IndyCar podcast is in there. Well, it may not be, but I think we're in episode twenty four. We Episode twenty four. It's just around the outside. We could we could probably drop the an IndyCar podcast. You know, we say that all the time, but everybody knows that listens to us that we're an IndyCar podcast. So very true. Um, having said that, not much else for us to do on episode 24. Except wrap, wrap it up. Wrap it up. So enjoy the races from Road America. We'll be back with you uh, early next week. Be looking out for live tweeting throughout the race. Yes, yes. We always, always do that. We always do that. And uh, um, we'll see how our predictions turn out. Uh, if you decide to get on DraftKings and bet, good luck. Um there's a uh, there's another guy that we follow. And we kind of converse back and forth with on Twitter. It's a uh, bet IndyCar. Yep. Um, he always puts out his stuff, his predictions of how he's going to bet. So um, bet smart. Kudos to him. Bet smart. Win big. And we will see you on the other side of Road America, episode twenty four, around the outside in IndyCar podcast. We're out. There you go.